Welcome to Romance Your Tribe Radio with me, Janet Beckers, where every episode focuses on simple action steps you can do this week to grow your business online and bring joy to the work you do. Hello and welcome everybody, Janet Beckers here and I've got a wonderful guest on my podcast talking about podcasting. Hello, Charlie Vella, how are you? Doing very well, thank you for having me on the show, Janet. And if you're here watching on the video, rather than reading the, the, the cheat sheet or the transcript or listening on the audio, come over and watch this on the video, either on our website or on YouTube, because I just reckon that Charlie's got the coolest setup in his background and his um, high-tech gadgets. And, um, and I really do think your backdrop, Charlie, is... For me, it's like an inkblot test. Like for me, I just saw a piano board, whereas, um, you know, other people I'm sure will see windows out into the dark night or something like that. So, um, yeah, so make sure you come and check that out. So, Charlie, um, we're going to be talking about podcasting. And Charlie and I were just talking about some of the things that we're going to be sharing with you. So get ready to take your notes because we're going to be looking at why you would podcasting, why you would do it, and then how you can use it in your business. We're going to talk about who shouldn't use it and who should. And then we're going to really talk about how you're going to milk it for all it's worth. Because if you're going to do the work, we're going to make sure that you are seen absolutely everywhere around the internet. So we're going to talk about how you can actually do that and not spend forever doing it. So, um, over to you, Charlie. Just to start with, can you just share with people what it is that you do and, um, and who do you work with the most? Of course, and, and very kind of you to say about my studio setup here. So for anyone having a look, we've, we've gone the extra mile uh, to create a nice video set because we do a lot of video podcasting as well. So it's well worth taking a look at the video and seeing uh, just some of the stuff we've got in there. Um, as for what I do, um, I've got a company called Valor Media, which is a podcast media company. And we're a service business that actually helps people with their podcasts because I'm of the firm belief um, that the expert who is the host of the show probably shouldn't be doing anything else but hosting it so oh. they can get a really, really big ROI on their time. Mm. So that's what we assist with. As for who we do that for, we work with a lot of experts. So people who want to be positioned, maybe they're authors, maybe they're speakers, maybe they're coaches or consultants or bloggers. Um, but really in that sphere, we like to work with people who basically, who know their stuff, who really know their topic well, and then want to leverage that to a bigger platform. Mm. And you know what? I think practically everybody who was listening then when you were describing who do you work with, I would be very surprised if there was anybody listening here today that wasn't going, oh, yeah, that's me. Yep, that one's me. That one's me. Because we work with the same sort of people, you know, and, and a really important part of the people who I work with, which are people who take people on a transformational journey. So they take them from A to B with their expertise and then positioned as a tribal business leader. You know, the people that people see as a leader that they want to work with. And one of the best ways that I have found to do that is by consistently creating really high quality content that allows people to always get a glimpse of how clever you are and what results you get, how you can help people. So podcasting is smack bang as a prime way to be able to do that. So I'm not surprised at all that the people who you help are the same people who I help. So um, that's why I'm excited for everybody here to, to take some notes. And I'm going to be challenging you as you're listening, as we're going through some examples and as we're going through what we're doing, I want you to start thinking about how would you apply that in your business? And if you do already have a podcast, how can you make it better? from what we're doing today. So let's get started, Charlie. Well, actually, I was going to say we, sh we don't need to define what a podcast is because, hey, everybody here is listening or watching to one, but that may be me making it a bit of an assumption. So what do you, when you're talking about what a podcast is, what do you see it as? So that's a really good question. So for me, to break it down, all I think of when I hear podcasting is what we're saying is we're someone who's going to make regular content for an audience. And it's predominantly going to be an audio. 
that's definitely where podcasting is at, but it can also be on video like we're doing now. So I think of podcasting almost like I would with TV series or maybe the news where it's a regular content form that can be absorbed by a particular audience. Okay. And I like the idea that you talked about it being like a TV series because a lot of times people will binge watch or binge listen uh, to podcasts. I know myself as a consumer of podcasts, when I'm at the gym, I will listen to two or three podcasts as I'm working out. When everybody else is listening to thumping music, I'm listening to personal development or business. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is like a television show. It can be binge watched. So that's a nice thing to keep in mind. Um, so now let's move over. If you've, we know what's, you know, people who are the experts are people who are perfect for uh, publishing a podcast. So when you, but that not every single person who is there, you know, who could be running a podcast should be. So let's have a look, first of all, who you reckon it's perfect to be including a podcast as part of your content marketing strategy. And then maybe who shouldn't? Oh, really good question. So obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased, um, but deservingly as I think many people should do a podcast, but you're certainly right in the idea that it's not for everyone. So the things I would consider maybe a podcast is right for first, we'll start with who are the people I think can do really well from this. Um, these are people where basically it, it pays to be seen as an authority. So if you were seen on an ex wanting to be seen and it could benefit you to be seen as an expert on your topic, uh, maybe that's through access or a whole bunch of other things there, then having a podcast could be a really good thing for you. The second one is if people need a lot of information to buy from you. So as an example, I'm just going to say a coach. Maybe there's a lot of business coaches out there and someone needs a lot of information to understand why they're the right coach for you. Then a podcast can be a great way because you get to spend so much time with someone articulating why they are or are not the right fit for you. So there's mm -hmm really big ones I look at there that I think it is so crucial. So if you fall into one of those categories, then it's likely that a podcast would be really great for you. Yeah. You know what? And I think it could be an important thing here to talk about that, you know, a podcast doesn't have to be long. Like it doesn't have to be half an hour or 50 minutes. It doesn't need to be an in-depth one. Uh, for example, I was on a podcast recently and I've actually, um, he's been a guest here on our podcast. All of his are eight minutes long, his podcasts. Now, obviously, they have a very different format to what we're doing here today. Um, but I think that's also a nice thing for people to keep in mind is that you're kind of in control, baby, about how you're going to use it. So what sort of format it's going to be. So um, keeping that in mind, though, uh, and, and admittedly, you were saying, yeah, you're totally biased because you're living and breathing this, is are there any people that you think it's not the wisest thing for them to do? Yeah, and I want to look at this in a different light because um, you might be thinking maybe it's a certain type of industry that, you know, shouldn't do a podcast. Um, and quite strangely, I've seen people in a whole variety of industries that probably shouldn't have a podcast and it worked out. Um, okay. So it's like, it's amazing how many different depths, but I actually think what defines if someone shouldn't do a podcast is actually more about them. It's actually the uh, business owner themselves and I'll describe it. Yeah. So if you're the type of person that let's say can't commit to regularly creating content, if you're someone that perhaps, you know, is sporadic and will make content for a month and then doesn't do it for the rest of the year, then podcasting may not be for you because it's one of those mediums where consistency pays. So if you're going to get into podcasting, you've got to look at this from the idea that you're going to be someone who's regularly creating a podcast. So that's my first one that I look at and go, okay, if you can't commit to maybe regular recording, that's going to be a really big challenge in you getting a show together. Right. The second one okay. I kind of look at with here is that maybe you're not quite clear on who your audience is or how you help them. So if you're someone that's early on in business and you haven't worked out maybe where you fit in the market or how you want to serve people, then a podcast may not be timing right for you. You might be a bit early on in that journey. So I think for a lot of people, I'm just, I'll call it bluntly here, 
but it's like if you aren't yet an expert on your topic or can't offer something to this audience that will help them achieve a result, then you could likely end up spinning your wheels. Um, and I think that's a really big hurdle for some people is they just don't create enough value within their podcast where they could actually produce a result for their business. That's, that is a really good point. And actually, I'll, I'll ask you uh, your opinion on a situation that takes me back to when I launched my first successful business. <laughs> we won't go into the ones that didn't work. So, um, because it was something that worked really well then. And I'm really curious to see if you think it can work well now in the terms of podcasting. Um, and this is the scenario that you have somebody who has a, has a really good understanding of a particular niche and of a particular group. So for me, it was when I sold wonderful web women and I, I really knew the frustrations of women who wanted to build a business online um, because I had been there and I still was. Um, so I really understood the market well, but I did not have the expertise. I did not have the runs on the board to take people from one to the other. I knew the theory. I had my own mistakes to make, but I was not the expert. So I positioned myself as the passionate reporter. So I wanted to build up a mailing list and really get, uh, you know, build up some relationships. And so I really positioned myself as, hey, I'm like everybody else here that's listening, but I'm the one that's got myself, got the act together to find you and interview you. Now that worked really, really well for me pre-podcasting. Um, do you think that that is a situation that could work well now for podcasting? If you know your niche, you know the industry, but you're not the expert um, for you to be building a list in that way where you're building up that credibility um, really being very honest that you're the passionate reporter, not the expert. Would that work very well? Well, it's interesting. We've seen many successful shows over the years that take that type of framing or take okay. that positioning. Um, and it definitely can work to a degree, but where it comes into things or where it becomes interesting, I should say, is that the idea being is that you're hunting down these experts, obtaining some of that expertise and then showing people how you achieve that expertise or perhaps selling a product or service that solves in line with that. So as long as we're not selling ahead of where we're at or going out of our depth from there, then it can work really, really well. And I often think that um, a curious person who's trying to develop an expertise can ask really good questions. They can often um, create really high quality content. The danger that sits within that type of show though, and I'll, I'll look, sorry, I'll address the other side of it. Yeah. Sometimes a show built on that type of framing spends all its time making other people look good. It spends all their time positioning other experts and what someone ends up doing is probably selling a lot of their products and services. Right. So, really, really point. common. Yeah. So I guess if it means that your whole business model is going to be as an affiliate partner where you would, you know, be building your list and your whole idea is to shine the light on other people. But that is a really good question. So I think where you were saying about how, for me, I found because I knew that market really, really well, um, I knew what questions they wanted, but I also understood a lot of it because I was always doing it myself. I just wasn't, I didn't see myself as the expert is I found I, I got expert by association because I asked really, really good questions and could have an intelligent conversation. So it only took a few, it didn't take very long. And people said, oh, well, you're having really good conversations with really, really clever people. So you must be really clever too. <laughs> um, can I pay you all this money to mentor me? Um, so that's a really good division. So if you've got a, you may not be the expert yourself, but you've really got to know that topic, ask good questions and position yourself as the really, really intelligent Oprah. Um, of that okay thanks thanks for asking that one I did, i've sort of sprung that one on you but it is i know that there will be people here who are thinking is it too early so that was a really great honest answer so can we just have a look at like what sort of business building is it going to be because i do get people who say to me okay janet i can see you put a lot of work into your podcast and you've been doing it for a long time now don't miss a beat is it working is it growing your business? So I'm really curious to hear from you, like 
with all of the, because you're seeing behind the scenes, you know, you're working with all these different podcasts, you're working with all these different businesses. How, how does it grow a business? What can people expect realistically? Oh, I've got, I've, look, I've got some stories to share here. Like, ah. uh, I'm in a unique position where like I've done a number of my own shows. I've also been a guest on over so many now I couldn't even count. I've been on so many podcasts. And then today is like I get to see behind the scenes in all the clients' shows so I can see how they're doing things, how it's taking an effect. Um, And I'll take things back um, a little bit now and I'll explain my first encounter. Um, So uh, someone we mutually know, James Shremko, um, I was a guest on his podcast. And this is going back a few years now. And when I was on James's podcast, the craziest thing happened that after the podcast, I had someone contact me and it was for a sales call for something I was selling at the time. And it was the easiest sales call I have ever had. It was like someone was just ordering a Big Mac. Right. And I was like, what, what is this? I normally have to spend an hour like trying to, you know, go through so many things, dealing with objections, explaining why I'm the right fit. And then all of a sudden this person was like, right, I just want that. What you spoke about on this podcast, I want it. And I was like, I, I almost was caught off guard. I think I nearly like uh, ruined my chance of sale based on the idea. I'm like, are you, are you sure? Like, do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it. I'm very, very wrong. I'm like, wow, don't do that again. Mm. Uh, but I had this experience um, that led me to believe how powerful this medium was. And you said something before, which I think is so powerful, which is uh, called famous by association mm. is because I had leveraged the power of James's show and positioning with him. I was able to make that as a trusted source where a sale was really, really easy. And yeah. I looked at how much effort I was putting into all these other things to try and create that same experience with not so much luck. And I was like, right, there's a lot of power in getting someone to spend time with you on a podcast and having a really good understanding with you before um, a sale is made. So this is the point where I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm in. Like, I want this to happen all day, every day. Fantastic. So uh, we we built a show. We built my first podcast and I was like, awesome. I'm going to do this. And we did 100 episodes and I want you to guess how many leads we had. How many leads you had from the podcasts? Yeah, have a guess. So we got, I'm like, I'm hooked on this experience. I'm like, my first podcast, we're going in, did 100 episodes, and guess what happened? Whoa, I'm just, I'm just going to put out one per episode, 100. <laughs> no, it was an absolute disaster, actually. Zero. Right. <laughs> Zero. Okay. Well, it was absolutely horrendous. So we had this experience where it's like, you know, I'd seen what it could be, and then I tried to replicate it for myself, and it went absolutely terribly. Right. And it's not as if you just gave up after a few. A hundred is a huge commitment. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show that if you aren't clear on how to do well in the podcasting space or you don't know how to model a successful show or leverage the experience of someone who's winning in podcasting, it's really, really easy to spin your wheels. It's really, really easy to waste a whole bunch of your time and resource. Um, And I want to emphasize that point because so many people I meet uh, or want to come and work with us have spent a year building a show that was never going to see them success because they didn't know how to do it. It's like baking a cake. If you've got the right ingredients, it's not that hard, but if you're trying to like make up the recipe yourself and pick the ingredients, you can fall out of the lane really, really quickly. Mm. Um, but what was really interesting about this experience, and I'll, I'll go through this in a little bit more depth here. Yeah, great is while we didn't actually um, produce any leads from the podcast, we made an absolute killing from working with the guests we had on the show. So despite zero leads, we had built all the relationships and JV partners behind the scenes to turn this into an incredibly profitable podcast. So something I'll articulate here, which I'm very, very confident you have experienced with how long you've been doing podcasting or content marketing is despite getting zero leads from the podcast, I was getting speaking gigs, we were yeah. doing joint ventures with the guests who come on the shows. Like this was a wildly profit ex- profitable experience. Mm. And I looked at this and I'm like, hang on, let's like, so my first experience with podcasting nailed it and got this amazing sales experience that I wanted to recreate. 
couldn't recreate it because I wasn't confident in what I was doing. I was just kind of copying shows that looked successful and trying to work it out. Um, but then we were killing it behind the scenes with guests and I'm like, oh, wow, this is just becoming more and more interesting. But my determination uh, to get a podcast working continued on. So I, I stopped podcasting for a little bit. This is when I was just doing it for myself. And then um, I'd gotten to a point where I was working with a few other businesses and we'd noticed that their content marketing had just fallen off a cliff. And um, this was about a year ago and I don't know if you experienced any of this, but it's like we used to get a ton of reach on Facebook, like just putting videos in or just promoting things from there. Like Facebook organic used to work, used to work well. And and you know what? People used to open our emails like... um, (laughs) And we laugh, but it's like, you know, gone are the days of like 50% open rates on average. Well, for us anyway, we noticed really big declines. And then the next part was that we noticed, hang on, these webinar show up rates are getting crappy. Like, so we'd gone through all these phases where a lot of the traditional content marketing things we'd been working on to that point just kind of started to decline and and weren't working as well. It's so nice to hear you say that because... I think practically everybody who I know um, goes sort of like, you know, to their, to their buddies, you know, who are in the same industry, like, can you help me out? Like, I'm really starting to notice, like, people aren't leaving comments on the blog posts or my open rate or click-through rate's gone. Like, they hate me. What am I doing wrong? It's really lovely when you hear somebody else go, psst, it's not you. <laughs> it's across the board. Yeah. Industries change and content marketing is a phenomenal example of that. I mean, when I first got online, Google AdWords was like one and two cents a click. I know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I used to use it all the time. I had a whole program I sold on DVDs that I would post out to people on how to use, um, you know, Google ads because it was the thing to do. Even I could work it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and this is one of the things we, we really, really look towards. So, um, on the back of seeing these things probably about a year and a half ago, uh, where like internet marketing and content marketing in particular was changing drastically. Mm. Like we need to do something different. And we, we got back in and we launched some new podcasts with some new perspective. And what was crazy is that the podcast became the connective tissue to actually turn these businesses around. So it's not that we stopped doing webinars or we stopped doing other things. We just found that if you have a podcast for your business, and you are bringing an audience together and then you're leveraging that audience and then maybe taking them to webinars or other value things from there, is we started to see numbers like the old days. We started to see businesses get really, really crazy from a growth perspective. Right. That is really interesting. And so what was causing the growth? Was it the joint ventures, do you think? Um, to loop in a few things from here. So I'll just make sure I'm articulating this well, because I often get excited and skip parts of my stories and people need to pull me up. So just pull me up. That's my role. I'm holding this whip, but very lovingly. <laughs> so just to recap here is I'd had that first experience where I'd got a sale really easy. I'd then gone into my own show, got no leads from the show, but we developed all these JV partners. And then that was how we grew uh, Outsourcing Angel, my company at the time. We then ended that show. So that show stopped um, because we had all these wonderful partnerships now, like it was developing well. And then I'd gotten into some other businesses and they were doing well in content marketing and then they started to decline. And then sure enough, we reintroduced podcasts into their content marketing mix. And then that had been like the petrol on the fire to accelerate those businesses. So why these businesses or why this story is so important from here is that if you're an expert or someone that's already doing some form of content, bringing that podcast into that mix is the thing that starts to act as the connective tissue to build really high quality leads, people you have deep relationships past um, short content. So when it comes to like applying growth to these businesses now, the podcasts have been ending up as their main lead source. And that's what we really like to see from all our clients. It's been a, a fantastic experience to see from there. So why it's working or I feel um, from what I see or like why I feel podcasting is working so well. Podcasting is kind of where blogging was maybe five or six years ago where there's still really a lot of capacity to go. It's a hot market. There's also a lot of people like growing into listening to podcasts. It's become mainstream from there, which is really, really exciting. 
We're also seeing big companies like uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google investing heavily into better technology, making podcasts more accessible. Yeah. I really love how you said that, you know, and I'm also just reflecting on this podcast that people are listening to now, because I used to, you know, my business pre podcast was all interviews. Like every single week I did interviews for years and years and years and years. And that grew my business, not just because back then people would actually pay for the recording and the transcript. What grew it was the relationships that I had with all these beautiful people who I interviewed because not only did I learn a lot from them and I made it that I took an action every single week on whatever I'd been taught, but the most important part was they became joint venture partners. They offered me opportunities. They, you know, said, come over to our country and, you know, speak at our conference or, you know, we'd like you to be a joint, you know, to be on our faculty and, you know, we'll promote you all the time as long as you come and give your expertise, like opportunities that you would not get elsewhere. And, but interestingly, in a couple of years before I closed Wonderful Web Women and transferred to this brand, um, I had stopped doing them because they weren't working as a business model. And I had been thinking, right, just be sensible, Janet, just only do the things that are going to bring in the money. And I really felt the energy in the business drop and my relationships with joint venture partners was harder because I had to consciously outreach to nurture those relationships and start new ones. So one of the reasons why I launched Romance Your Tribe Radio at the end of last year, when I did all of our rebranding to Romance Your Tribe was very, very specifically, the podcast has been an absolute essential part of the establishment of this brand because one, I absolutely love it. Like I love these stories. Like I, I could talk all day to you, Charlie, like you've just, you know, got great stories. Um, but also importantly, the relationships that you create, it just means that you don't have to work so hard to create a really influential circle around you and to have those people that know you and your business well enough that you know who it is that you would like to be able to say, Hey, I'll promote you if you promote me. Like, you know, that you've got people who you can trust. Um, and so it's, it's really, for me, when you've been talking about that story, I could say that it's been, it would have been very difficult to have built the brand and to have attracted higher end clients because um, that's one of the, the podcasts is designed for the higher end clients is it would have been harder without this. It would have been a lot more being a lot more reactive. And I can see that a podcast for my business and my brand has worked exceptionally well in that way. So when you were talking about it being the connective tissue, that's a great way to describe it. And that's how I think about it a lot. And it, it's great you've been able to, obviously I'm preaching to the converted, but these are just so many of the facets of like why I love podcasting so much. My, my kind of experience has been is like podcasting is probably the only marketing that actually pays compound interest. It's something yeah. that just continually builds on top of each other provided you keep releasing content from there. Yeah. And again, you know, not to badmouth Facebook, I actually love Facebook. But one of the things that drives me nuts with Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, is that if you make content and you put it into these feeds, uh, you might be there for 15 minutes, maybe a half hour, yeah. where podcasting is this really interesting thing where it's like because we're building a relationship and the intent is for repeated use, like a TV series, like people know with podcasts, there's going to be another episode. So I kind of feel like it's become the sweet spot if you're looking to develop content marketing these days. Yeah. Okay. So now let's have a look at, cause you've talked about, um, you know, that it, that it does, it is the gift that keeps on giving. It is, it is a long game. It's not the kind of thing where I'm going to put this out and it's going to result in sales They're not sales pieces. So let's look at what's actually involved, like a bit of a reality check of what is involved in actually producing a podcast so that people can make that decision. And then let's talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is how do we milk it for all it's worth? Like, you know, total sort of like take what you've done and how much can we repurpose this easily 
or simply, um, so that we can really make the most of it. So, and this is your expertise, Charlie. You're the man that does this stuff. You and your company, that's what you do. So let's get a reality check of what's involved in actually producing it so that people will can make the decision about is it something they do themselves or is it something that they outsource? So I want to give people a, a bit of a point of view because I feel like I'm probably uniquely positioned to answer this is like, you know, how long do you have to commit to podcasting to see a result? I get this question all the time. Yeah. And I say to people, um, six months, we noticeably see people starting from scratch with no following and no list. If they commit to a system that I've built and do that for six months, they will see a notable, noticeable difference in their business. Right. Now, leads they'll see following they'll see email lists built they will uh, ideally if they can sell or have something to sell they're going to see more revenue and profit in their business excellent so that's the timeline i would get people to look forward to and um some do it a little bit quicker but i, I like to give a conservative average of okay. like six months is the expectation that is that's that's gold there thank you that's a really nice reality check so now you asked a good question about like what does it really take like yeah. what does it really yeah. Funnily enough, I'll go back to my first podcast. I had an assistant and I just gave her the responsibility. I'm just like, um, do you know what? You can deal with this. It'll probably take you what, you know, a few hours a week. It'll be fine because I was completely ignorant of how much right. is involved in podcasting. <laughs> um, and when uh, I, I got a message from my assistant at the time and she's like, I'm burnt out. I need, a, I need some time off. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like what's, what's going on here? Not realizing how much is involved. And this is, such a huge mistake of so many people when they get into this space is their perception is that it's, you know, it's easy and there's not much to do. And it's, it's just like putting a post on Facebook, like surely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so podcasting um, is a lot more in depth in that and requires different skill sets to do well. So I'll give you guys an insight to who sits on my team and, and what roles they feel is going. Excellent. To do a podcast well, you definitely need an editor. So we'll start with the obvious one. You need someone who can make your audio and possibly video sound and look good. So straight out of the back, um, you know, for example, we haven't on this podcast, but maybe there was a mistake we need to remove. Maybe Charlie did something he shouldn't have and we need to get that edited out. <laughs> um, or a whole bunch of reasons to just improve sound quality. So there's an editor. The next part is we have a designer. So, you know, being seen on social media and having your brand done well is really important these days. You don't want any, um, how can I put this, like crappy graphics you did yourself unless you're a designer. Oh, absolutely. It can, ac it can actually distract from your credibility. It's brand damaging. If you use um, templates that are maybe, I'm not going to, again, I love Canva, but if you use templates that everyone else is using and you push that with your brand, it makes you look like you're at a, a lesser state or that it devalues your brand in all honesty. Yeah. So we have a designer on the team. We have someone who does um, proper branded graphics to make the show look professional and set a theme. Um, the next part is a writer. You're going to have a good writer on your team. Now, um, with every pod, and you're like, writer? This is, this is an audio or video medium. Why do you need a writer? Um, your show notes and titling. So this is the information that goes with the podcast are critically, critically important because this is the information that someone gets to actually find your show. So um, if that's yeah, not done. Actually, I really want to reinforce that one because I do those myself. I've tried getting other people on my team and I get, I get cranky because I think, oh, how hard can that be? But it is hard. So, um, yes. Yeah, so, and it's to do it well, it's, um, you need somebody who, who can actually write. So yep. Spot on reinforcing that one. Yep. <laughs> we, we dig into that so deeply. Like we actually have a copywriter and a proper content writer on the team. And the reason is this, I'll, I'll give this away. I don't normally give this one away, but I will is that if you've got a good writer and you're publishing your podcast on your website, the chances are you could rank for your guest name. So you can often get some really good free traffic if you know how to actually position things right. and this contributes to the growth element. So um, those show notes, the way your social posts are written, your emails, all those things, so, so crucial when it comes to podcasting mm. um, and having good written content to go with your show plays a really, a really big role. Yeah. So they're what I call like your asset builders. So they make assets that you can then put onto things. You can put these onto the platforms, whether it's audio or video. The next part of the team is the publishing side of things. So this is the organizing of when things get published, 
on what channels they get published and how they go out. So there's four distinct roles when you kind of look at it from there and they all play a part in getting your podcast uh, live and running well. Now, based on, we can see why my assistant was probably having a breakdown now um, when we start to think about how all these other elements involved. And like my finding is that it's always, it's not often one person who can fulfill these well. So trying to put the responsibility of a podcast into one person who can design, edit, write, I think is uh, unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried that before. It doesn't work. You've other, there's other got to be parts that you've got to do or you've got to outsource independently. It doesn't, yeah. Very rare for somebody to have those skills. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is an opinion, but it's a strong one. I think if you're someone sitting here and you're going, do you know what a podcast sounds like a great idea for me to demonstrate my expertise, then all you should be doing is selecting the guests and making the content. And then you need to be handing that stuff over so you get a maximum ROI on your time because that's the part that no one else can do. And all the rest of the stuff can be outsourced or or using a company like mine um, relatively inexpensive uh, in compared to what your time is worth or what you could create if you're running your business. Absolutely. I would not suggest anybody tries. I would not even launch a podcast unless I had a team who was going to be doing it for me. Um, and that's even as a business that is a startup because the time that it takes you to do this sort of stuff, as you were saying, you know, your assistant burnt out is that is time that you can be spending doing the stuff that is your natural element. You know, that can be the stuff that you can be spending on sales calls or, um, you know, servicing clients, doing those things that only you can do. So absolutely. I, I would just really say, don't even try to do it yourself. So it's a, it's a great way to go broke. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learned that one the hard way. Like, absolutely. But I mean, obviously now we've turned this into something much greater, which is uh, a huge leverage for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what we've, I've done the same, like we've really systemized ours and I have a team that has, you know, a graphics person, the, the, the geeky people, all those sorts of things um, that we have in house and for me, it's even though it takes me, you know, I commit, this is a big commitment of my time. Um, it's, I'm only doing the bits that I'm good at and everything else. I don't, it just happens like magic, you know, this, the, um, you know, it's like the house elves from um, Harry Potter. That's my, my virtual team. They just make it all happen. So that's what you want to do. Well, I just want to lean into that a little bit because I, I again want to set an expectation from what I've seen. Um, with some of our clients, we've been able to get them to an, a level where basically one day a fortnight they commit to recording time. And they'll also use some of that time to actually find guests. So they're probably committing a chunk of time once a fortnight. Yeah. They're recording a batch of episodes yeah. uh, in that yeah. time and then they're handing all of that over. Yeah. So from a time commitment for someone who wants to release a weekly show, I would say it's probably half a day, once a fortnight spent on yeah. content creation and uh, maybe hunting down some guests that you particularly want. Yeah, that, that's spot on. You've given some, those sorts of things like don't expect results for six months and, uh, you know, half a day, a few hours, uh, half, yeah, half a day every two weeks. They are, that is spot on. That's what I've experienced as well. And that's really, really realistic. That's great. Um, so now let's just look at... Um, just wrapping up about how are we going to milk it for all it's worth? Because I love this whole leverage part. I love the idea when, when people come to me, may my peers come to me and go, Janet, you must have an amazing marketing machine that you've got happening there. Because I just see every day there is something out there that is content that you've created that's going out there on social media or going out to your email or going out onto Instagram live, you know, or, um, or Instagram TV, all these different things, you must be really, really busy. And I'm just going, no, (laughs) because we do like I do in-house, what you do for you, for your clients is totally milking it for all it's worth. I love this stuff. Um, I love the idea of seeming cleverer and busier than I really am. So what sorts of things can you recommend for people? Okay. You've recorded your podcast. I love doing it as a video and then using the audio, but people don't have to. What's some of the things that people can do to really milk that podcast, 
even beyond the day that it goes live? There's so many here and I'm glad we brought this up um, because it, it, again, I don't think you can get this amount of leverage out of any other form of content marketing, which is why I love podcasting so much. So um, as we're even doing now, we record most of our shows, 95% of our shows, we either are our own or the ones we work with are video these days. Mm. And adding video in straight off the bat is one of the ways we add leverage in. Because as soon as you make a podcast video and audio, you open up the ability to take advantage of YouTube video, of yeah. Facebook video, of Instagram. Like from a marketing capability, video gives you access to all these other platforms. So I'll start going through these, but I might get excited. You might have to wheel me in as we go. <laughs> okay, so okay. when we record an episode, so if we were going to record this episode, which we're recording one now, and I gave this to my team, straight out, they're turning this into an audio podcast. So this is going to be published on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all of them. So we've got that audio element. The second thing is they're turning it into a video podcast, which I know you do as well. Um, So there's going to be published the full video on YouTube, probably iTunes as well, um, and probably Facebook as well. So we're getting those full things. The next thing we're getting out of that is with our show notes, we're also turning that into a blog post. So getting your notes written really well is also creating website content. You can put your video and everything else on there as well. So you can see we're splitting this out really well. Mm. Then on the other side of that, whatever the first paragraph is of our show notes is also going to be our social media posts. So there's our LinkedIn post, there's our Instagram post, it's our Facebook post. So it's, and then also we spin out (laughs) an email because people need to know when the podcast is coming out itself. So again, Using that same body of show notes, you're able to turn that into an email to let people know when the podcast is out, which I think is great. And then one of the newer ones we've been playing with, um, which I really, really love, is we've been actually using snippets. So taking short pieces of content from the actual longer episode and then using that as pieces to encourage people to come and listen to the full episode. So maybe there's a particular section that we could use and then that's another day's content. That's a great idea. Do do, do you do, because that's something I don't do well enough that I think that we could do. So we've got potential to go back and milk so much content that we just, we do a good job, I think, but there's so much more you could do. So do you, when you do your taking snippets, like do you do that audio or video or written? What do you do with those bits? Okay. So I'll give you the highest leverage one. Okay. We're all about here and I'm not done yet with this leverage list. Right. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. So the next, the next one we kind of go through from there is when we're doing snippets, particularly at the moment, we're doing square. So four, three ratio, and we're putting captions on that square with the question that is being asked at the start of the snip snippet. And then you can publish that straight on Instagram stories, Instagram feed, Facebook stories, Facebook feed, IGTV, LinkedIn. Love it. Super, super high leverage out of one format without having to change too many things around. Um, And it's proving, and again, to put more leverage in, something I've been doing to like amplify my reach is I've been running Facebook ads to those snippets and then giving people a link to listen to the full episode of the podcast. And then that's how we've been growing our listenership on some of the shows. Oh, I love it. That is clever. I'm going to have a talk to my team about that one. I think that's a really clever thing to do. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a, a perfect one. So are there any other ones that, um, that people can be thinking of that they can be milking? And by the way, this is something your, your team does all this stuff for people, don't you? So people are We're well across this. This is our, like, uh, we certainly don't do everything, but what we do do, we do very well. And, like, we're aiming to be the number one podcast media agency. So yeah, if it exists around podcasting, we want to be the best at it. That's what we're striving for. Um, but if it's going into other realms, like that's not our area. So we very much stick our lane. But I'm actually going to do one of the forms of leverage while we're actually on the podcast. Oh, love it. Are, you, are you ready for this? Every time I have a podcast episode, I also make sure to take a photo of my screen with them and I'll put that in my Instagram story. So I can tease out, hey, there's going to be an episode with me and Jeanette coming out soon. That's a great idea. I am really going to do (laughs) (laughs) So um, these are some of the ways you you get to start thinking creatively and thinking differently. Um, But I've got more. Have we got time for one more? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. 
Okay. So one of the things where we look for leverage in this um, is that you also have guests often to work with. So an extra layer to kind of throw on top of that, um, you know, this is your podcast now, but when that episode comes out is letting me know it's out so I can share it with my audience as well. Yeah. Um, And this is really, really powerful because um, in this example here, if I post this out, which I will, I will promote this, uh, of course, but it's, my audience will then be exposed to Jeanette's audience, but not through finding this person cold through me saying, Hey, you should listen to this podcast. Yeah. People are going to be much more trusting uh, straight away. Mm. And that's a really powerful one. That's one that, um, and you've got to make it easy for people to do that. So you've got to send them some sample copies, some images, you know, things to make it really, really easy for people. Because if you've done a great interview, people are usually really quite happy to share because they want to brag. You know, it's sharing their, you know, hey, I know what I'm talking about. People have me as a guest. So, um, yeah. You want a little little secret one there again? I've got a little, little strategy. Oh, I love all there. these little secrets. Yeah, go. Well, I mean, I aim to be the experiment for all the clients. So if there's any I'm trying on my own show um, I'll always share and go hey I think we should be doing this and um, it's a really good leverage point for me so getting people to share your stuff once they've been on your um, platform or or your podcast I've found one of the most effective ways on social has been to tag them in the post so when we post the snippets rather than emailing them and saying hey your episodes up can you please share this link I'll just start tagging them on all the platforms whichever ones they're on and it's been really, really easy for them. They just have to hit the share button on their social platform. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Having a system around that. Yeah, my mind's automatically going to, okay, that's a step in the system. Okay, we've got to... Sensational. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Oh, and these are the kind of things that make such a big difference. They're the ones that end up with people saying, wow, you seem to be everywhere. And it's, they're, they're sure, they work, but you're getting somebody else to do all this stuff. So it's really, really milking. I love it. That's Charlie's loaves and fishes version of the podcast. So um, that's, yeah, really, really good. So um, for people now, actually, I'll share you one extra one before we go. Something we've just been doing for our last few podcasts is instead of writing a long blog post that went with it, apart from the show notes, what I've started doing is to create a worksheet that's really just, you know, questions that you can ask yourself so you can take action from the podcast. It takes me less time um, and it's an opt-in. And so we've just been trialling that for the last, say, six episodes, maybe a bit more. And we're getting more and more opt-ins every single week um, because people are wanting to get that, um, that cheat sheet. So, yeah, that's just, a, just another thing that you can do to be leveraging what you've done. You can't just, we can't stop here now. We have to, you've opened a can of worms. I can't <laughs> put my tongue here. Um, so that's probably one thing we haven't covered, right? You know, we've spoken a lot about how do you create leverage on the front end? How do you leverage your podcast to create more marketing material to bring them to your show, which is incredibly powerful. I, again, don't think you can find a more leveraged platform than podcasting. But what's amazing is the leverage it can create on the other side. So what, what you've just described is what we call a content upgrade. And if you can create high quality content upgrades to go with your shows, and I'll give you quick examples. So as you said, questions to go with it, frameworks, templates, studies um, are my favorite ones at the moment. And if you can create those type of companions to go with your show, that's how you can really successfully move people from your show on things such as your email list, I think is really, really powerful. Um, To give you some good data as well, the main monetization point for people coming from their podcasts that work with us is getting people to make that jump from their podcast onto the email list and then they're sold from the email list. So that is the higher point on a podcast. That is a great point. And that's probably a great one to, for us to finish on because honestly, I could, we could just talk about this a lot. <laughs> I get excited about this stuff. <laughs> because, um, you know, that's the final thing is, you know, you, this is where you're taking the people who are from the listeners to get them onto your list. And that's where you've then got your follow-up that's getting them to the sale. And so always be thinking in reverse. Like, you know, what is it that you sell to people? Who do you sell it to? what's what you know how do you sell it like are you ultimately wanting to get people to a sales page or a phone call or whatever then you're going to go back to if that's what's going to get them onto my mailing list 
And how does that relate to this particular podcast? Who's going to be the best guest? You know, if you just think backwards that way, you're going to make money from it and it's going to be worth you doing. So if you can't answer any of those questions along the way, hey, that's what Charlie and I do. We can help you with that stuff. So um, that's going to really turn this into something that is profitable for you. So um, any last action steps for people to take this week? What's one thing that people can do this week that's going to help them to start down the, the, the path of a podcast if that's what suits them? That's a, that's a really, really good question. So if you're someone who's sitting there and maybe you've started a show or you're thinking about doing a show, the first thing I encourage you to do is actually do a bit of a market research and have a look at how other shows are doing in your niche or area. Mm. And I think what happens to a lot of people is they get really inspired. And I'm a big believer in follow the money. And I'll just give you one nugget here. When you look at how many people are investing more into podcasting, how many are making more of an effort to do podcasting as a part of their business, um, they wouldn't be doing that if the returns weren't there. So I've always been a big believer in follow the money and look at what the industries are doing. And this is the hot market at the moment and certainly one that's going to keep growing. That is brilliant. That's, that's, a, that's great advice. So go and do that, people. And um, hey, you've listened to one here. Hopefully you've got some ideas that you could be using in your own. So for people now, for if, where can people go to um, see what you do, Charlie, and to be able to connect with you? Well, if people want to see a lot of the things we've spoken about in action, um, the best place they can go is to check out my podcast. So um, the podcast is The Business of Podcasting. And you can kind of guess, we just talk about how to leverage a podcast. How do you make the business side of podcasting work so that it will help you generate leads for your business, help you generate more revenue and more profit? Excellent. So that's, and so they can find that's like where all good podcasts are found. And, um, and we'll also put links on the podcast page. We'll have links for where you can go and find Charlie and you can find links to, we'll put the links over there to go to his podcast as well. So you can go. And for everybody that's listening, the best thing that you can do for Charlie and I um, is we really want to hear if you take action. Honestly, it is core to you know why we do what we do is we want to know that somebody has listened and taken action so if you've done this exercise that charlie's given you if you have done anything else that you've done to tweak your own podcast or be starting your own podcast go and find charlie and let him know let me know so either find me over on social media drop me an email um, or what i would be exceptionally grateful for is if you're on itunes to leave a rating and a review what did you take action on as a result of this particular episode of this podcast i'd love to hear from you and then we can help other people find this stuff as well so thank you so much for your time thank you again charlie you have so over delivered this has been one of my favorite podcast because it's where there's so many action steps that people can take from here so um thank you so much for today you've been brilliant no at all thank you for having me <laughs> bye everybody it's janet here thanks for joining me on romance your tribe radio hey you heard our voices today but do you want to see what we really look like you can see the video version of this episode over at romanceyourtribe.com and grab the show notes while you're there. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you show the love and leave an honest review on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. I'll see you on the next episode.